Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Great and powerful mystery. I am the genius Jay. I'm Emily. <laughs> and together we are Cryptids of the Corn. But this week, we're joined by a very special guest, our good friend, Ralph. Say hi, Ralph. Hi, I'm Ralph, and I'm going to wreck it. And you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I wasn't prepared for that. That's yeah. funny. I've been thinking about that for like the past couple of days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're getting something at Crypticon that says Wreck-It Ralph now on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Ralph, you've been a member of our page. You've been a friend of us. You've been a listener for a long time. I think you were one of our first more active members. Uh, the, the, the four I can think of where you, Daphne, Rachel, and Sean were kind of the first four that were kind of hanging around the page, mm-hmm. talking a lot. Yeah. So sorry this took so long to get around to. That's totally fine. You know, thank you for, like, helping me break my shyness shell, like, of talking to internet strangers. I guess, in this case, it was really worth it, unless, like, something really bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you think know. I'm going to eat you, so I think you'll be okay. Yeah. You I, don't... Think I could hold my own. That's what know. I'm going to say. Out of the three of you, there's only one of you I'm very afraid of. And, it's Emily. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it's, me. it's the um, RBF. Yeah. It's, it's always the quiet one. But uh, no, I'm really appreciative of you guys and everything you've done. Like, I, uh, you know, podcast wise, I don't really listen to a lot. But uh, you know, what I love about you guys so much is all just like the diverse information that you provide, especially with cryptids. You know, I'm a big Bigfoot guy. I think everybody knows that from the Facebook group. But like what I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate a lot about your show is just the diversity in cryptids and topics. It's just every, it's always so always different. And there's a lot of stuff that you guys cover that I like really never knew about. And I love it. And just the community that you create is so awesome. And I just really can't express how appreciative I am. Ralph is the and best at making so awesome. me blush. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know. well, thank you, Ralph. But why you're here today, why I've dragged you out of, out of your shell is we're going to talk about your home state of New Jersey and how weird it is. Yes, the Garden State. The Garden State. So out of the some of the weirdest states I can think of for at least folklore, cryptids, hauntings, that kind of stuff, Ohio obviously comes to mind for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin, New York, or New Jersey. I in Cali- or, yeah, Those are the three that really popped to me in my head. Yeah. Of being the all-around weird states. 
Like there's mm-hmm. like you can think of like the Olympics out in Washington and stuff like that, but it's just Bigfoot. Just Bigfoot, yeah. Uh, you can think of like the out west, it's just aliens, or you know skinwalkers. But True, you know, yeah. it's, there's not a lot. These those three states have a ton of diversity, and I think yeah. it's because of their really weird and sometimes horrible history. Uh, like Ooh, your, yeah. your home state, we've talked about it before. The Pine Barrens and how yeah. horrible the history is out there. <laughs> whole towns dying and stuff like mm-hmm. that, giving up. And, well, the whole Northeast is, you got the witch trials and stuff up there. The whole Northeast, East Coast oh, yeah. is a, a, full of a lot of rich history when it comes to that sort of stuff. There's a lot of stuff thrown in. I think that, you know, all states are weirdly equal. You know, you just have to really dive in and do your research. And you you do a great job of that for most of your episodes. There's a lot of states I didn't think much going on. You know, here you go. You're pulling out this one cryptid one week and another one the other. But uh, yeah, like I think everyone's every state has something like special to it. It's just a matter of finding it. And you know, like me, I you know born and raised in New Jersey, and I take pride in a lot of stuff. Like the book that we'll be going over today, We're in New Jersey, that was like one of the first, I guess, like crypto, cryptozoology paranormal book that I really got into as a kid. And you know, I hold it dear to me, so that's why I know a lot about the stuff in it. But I'm sure that could be said for like the version of Ralph that lives in like I don't know Idaho or like. Oklahoma. I'm sure there's like someone like me like that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. Um, I I think you're perfectly hit the nail on the head that every state probably has about the same amount of weirdness to it. If you know how to look for it. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot in Florida that just doesn't get out. Like one crypt that we recorded today, it'll be out before this episode is out. Uh oh, I guess it's a Patreon episode, so it's Pinky, the the St. John's River monster of Florida. If you're not from St. John's River, you do not know about it. And Absolutely. it's it's crazy. It's full of history. I, I was just saying, even if you are from the St. John's River, you so, might not know about it. I, yeah. I only know about it because I like to fish down there. Yeah. But as Ralph said, he purchased a book and sent it to us, this weird New Jersey book. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an amazing gift. I'm very honored he sent it to us. With goodies. Oh, yeah. And the baked goods. <laughs> Non-poison, non-anthrax. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, just, I don't know if they're full of uh, mercury or whatever yet. I haven't died from them, but they were great. I ate them so fast. <laughs> I don't think he breathed the entire time. He was oh, gosh. The them. peanut butter ball things were the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ralph. You want to pick our first thing we're going to cover? Oh, wow. You're going to put me on the spot. Like I told that. you oh, I was. Okay. Uh, so we're going to start off really, really small. And um, I believe it's page 14 is the devil's tree. The devil's tree. Oh, yep. Here we go. I believe it's in Bernard's Township, New Jersey. It's uh, down one of the major highways for me. Well, you know, I live where well, I don't know if all the schools where I live just yet. Maybe later <laughs> on. People, you know, I don't know what your listenership is like, but when less people pay attention to the episode, maybe I'll name drop where I live. Even okay. though I, I don't think anybody's really going to come and get me. But uh, down, you know, I live in a very rural area of northwestern New Jersey, and uh, there's, you know, a lot of highways that connect everything, so I have to go a ways to get to the main highway. And going down that main highway, it leads to this town of Bernard's Township that has this park, which has the devil, it's called the Devil's Tree, which, uh, you know, a very brief history is just that it's like a cursed tree, and that whoever tries to cut it down is going to die eventually. Well, I mean, we're all going to die eventually. I don't know what the rapid is <laughs> yeah. uh, to cut down this tree. I don't know if it's, like, instantaneous. Or if it's, you know, within a specific amount of time, kind of like one of those like horror movie, like The Ring or something. 
But, uh, you know, as a little kid, when I read this book, maybe I'll give a little talk about how I got into the topic later. But like I said, I read this book at a young age for the first time, probably had to be like 10 to 12, maybe. And I remember just being so baffled that if you tried to cut down a tree, you would like die and like how this tree has been struck by light multiple times. And, you know, it's just like, it's just crazy folklore. And it, it's taken very seriously. Like I've seen that, you know, a lot of teenagers vandalize it and not like they try to cut it down, but like they spray painted it. And the town has like fenced the tree off so that people like don't try to vandalize it. Oh, wow. Almost so they feed into like the folklore of like trying not to right. like, kill yourself because of the tree. Uh, so yeah, that's just like the first little story that it's always interests me. And it's just, like I said, it's crazy to think about that. Like there's this tree that if you try to cut it down, you're going to die, you know? So, you imagine you're just trying to survive in like the 17, 1800s and you try to cut down the tree. And <laughs> yeah, you're like, dad, dad it's the devil's tree. Up. You die. It's just a random tree. Yeah. Whoops. You're dead. So in the Midwest, we have devil trees, but they are a little bit different with the start of their folklore. Uh, so if a tree dies in a cemetery, and then out of the stump, a pine tree grows in a cemetery. That's a devil tree. And there's actually one in Hardin County. Uh, our buddy's dad is buried there. And it is the weirdest thing, and it looks spooky. It feels uh, nefarious. It doesn't, you know, it's just one of those things. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you don't know a lot, Jay. I I'm just going to be honest. I know this. I know nothing. I don't know a lot either. If it's... If it's fish related, you do. Uh, most or likely. Salamander. Salamander. But I feel like I, be, I guess the botanist in the group, I guess I should know more about the tree, if anything. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a lot. Like, if, you know, I quickly glance back down the book. There's like instances where, like, in the middle of blizzards, there'll be no snow around the tree. Ugh. Or someone reported seeing the mark of the devil in like 666 in the tree, like glowing. Oh, you know? glowing so it's, even. It's just absolutely insane. You know, it's just crazy to think about it. It's just a tree, but it's really not just a tree. Dang, yeah, I'm reading about it right here about how it's how it's very warm. It says some people call it heat rock. The rock right next to the Devil's Tree, there's a rock beside oh, yeah, it. And it used to be the KKK hangout. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, there's, there's, that might be a thing we might touch upon. I feel like there's a lot of instances of like the you know the the KKK hanging around the area or like some other really sketchy people. You know, just I guess hanging out in the more rural remote areas in new jersey so you know that's another thing it maybe it reminds me of like that video that was viral online i believe lightning stuck, struck this one tree where it was the tree was on fire on the inside i don't remember yes i've seen one. that well we just had that happen yeah. at my dad's I think, I think it was it was lightning that caused that mm -hmm. like there was a physical cause but like still like just to think about like just it, like it's not just a tree you know it also makes me think in cade's cove in tennessee there is a uh, lightning rock where this every lightning storm, this one rock keeps getting struck by lightning. The whole edge of it's burnt. Like it, hmm. it. I showed it to Emily. It looks charred. It, it's just rock. And they finally figured out why a couple years ago. There's a huge copper deposit right under it on the surface. So it's basically a big uh, lightning hmm. rod. Hmm. Uh, oh, wow. But it was like the the people that lived in Cates Cove believe it was a curse at the area, because yeah. it's like every lightning storm you watch that piece of hill right there. And it'll be struck like four or five times in one day, and it, yeah, and they finally figured out that it's it's it, literally a giant chunk of conductive metal is right on the surface, just sitting there waiting. All right, Jay, where are we hopping to next? Pick a tab. Well, I was just still reading here on the Devil's Tree. It says, "Don't pee on the Devil's Tree." I think that's a fair warning. That's yeah. probably instant death. 
That's definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the electric. That, worse, than, worse than cutting it down. All right, Jay, you pick one. I'm going to pull up in this next tab here. Here you go. What do you got there? Oh, the gates of hell. You have your own gates of hell, huh? Yeah. I, well, like I said, you know, every state's weird in this way, but uh, New Jersey has one. That's, what is that? That's like page... Um, let's see here. We're on page 25 and 26, or 24, 25. Yeah, that's also, that's actually a little bit closer to me. That's actually, it actually might be in the same county as me. You know, the county, some of the counties in New Jersey are a little weird. They're small, obviously. But like some some of their shapes are a little weird. So this one's actually in the same county as me. Uh, yeah, it, it's really weird. You know, as you can see by the picture, it's just like a deep dark tunnel like under this town. Mm-hmm. And it- I, you know, I've never had any experience, but like it's you know it's definitely a creepy tunnel. And like you know, after listening to some of your subterranean episodes, like maybe there's something going. Yeah, on where's it there. going, right? Do I, do I think it's a gate to hell? No. Do I think it's a really like scary dark place? Yes. Is there something down there? Probably. So what was it built for? Do you know? I guess we I, I could physically Actually, read. Uh, you know, I guess we're all going to learn together. There we go. Know? Jay, do you want to read the description? Oh, yeah, sure I can. You may read just out just that the... little Just that little part. Okay, I'll just this beginning part. It says, the gates of hell. There is no wetter, better... No, no, no. You're now you're t- reading la, like la, Justin. La. Yeah, I am. There's no wetter. <laughs> there is no better way to prove one's courage than by walking straight into the gaping maw of hell. The gates of which can be found in the town of Clifton in... How do you say that county? I'm going to leave it to a... Oh, it's, it's uh, Passaic. Passaic County. Yeah. This legendary passway, passageway leads to a network of underground tunnels and storm sewers, and some say the lair to the evil one himself. Bum, bum, bum. You might think the Gates of Hell would be a common nickname for any dark and foreboding entrance to the underground, but in all of our years of research, we have found no other subterranean passage in the state with the same moniker as this Clifton site. It is a very old tunnel with an arched stone ceiling about eight feet high. The light quickly vanishes behind you as you enter, and soon you are enveloped in total darkness. Even without the presence of Satan himself, it can be an extremely dangerous place. The tunnel system was built as a drainage runoff for a stream called Weasel Brook. And during heavy rain, the usual trickle of water through the tunnel can almost instantly turn into a raging torrent. Generations of local teenagers have told stories of what lay deep inside these darkened corridors. Are there tales an accurate depiction of what lies beyond the murky threshold of the gates of hell? Or are they a window into it, the dark fears inside us all? Ooh, that's pretty deep. Yeah. So, Is this one you've been to? Uh, so I've seen, like, the entrance. I've never, I, do you think I went down there? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, you know who's down there? Probably Pennywise the Clown. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what's down there. Giant drain, you know, we all float to. Yeah, I ain't going down. So, <laughs> exactly. Me, me and Nick... Uh, we're kayaking on a piece of the Hawking River that most people don't kayak. And we found, and I'm going to assume an ancient sewer system. And it was all hard brick. Uh, it was probably four foot tall, like tunnel. Uh, and Nick's like, well, let's go in there. And it's, it's pitch black. It stinks. And it looks like it's 200 years old. And it's brick. And I'm like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> First off, I don't know what's in there. Second off, if it caves in, nobody knows where we are. We're going to die in there. Uh, third off, no, <laughs> just no. And then Nick disappears. It just he's like, oh okay. And then he runs out and just disappears in this thing. And I'm like, he's dead. Something grabbed him. And I did go in probably like thirty feet, 
uh, but not past where the light didn't reach. Yeah. And then it opened up into like all kinds of a network of things. Like you go left, right, straight, and then it did it again. I'm like, oh, this thing is massive. You should have explored that. No, I don't want to die. Like Ralph said, you don't know what's in there. Well, that's the mystery of it all. Survival. That's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you, Chuckling. But uh, you know, I, we probably won't talk about the Jersey Devil since you guys have done that episode already. You know, thank you so much for doing my episode <laughs> for that too. But uh, you know, maybe hey, maybe the Jersey Devil uses that as like you know his like secret bachelor chamber or something. That, oh, there we go. A creature like that would use something like that for the winter, especially because you know those deep underground yeah. things like that don't change temperature very much in the winter. Yeah. But yeah, I could see it. Sustainable. Especially if you're a giant bat. There oh, yeah. <laughs> the hammer-headed bat. Yeah. What are you looking at now, Jay? Oh, I was just flipping to... Uh, I was. I read that little note, because Ralph has this whole book littered with little notes, and it's pretty awesome. It says you were... It said you'd went and been there. You, you've been there before. You said it's close, it's creepy, but not too creepy. But you didn't go inside. Yeah. So Ancient Mysteries is now where Jay's hands are. That's one of his favorites. Uh, I think the next page is Stacked Rocks, it looks like. Yeah, we don't have to really go over rocks. Like I said, okay. before, I was just like, you know, obviously I highlighted like kettles. But like, you know, it's just a hole of water mm-hmm. in the ground. You know, just, I, guess, I guess it's kind of mysterious. Like, yeah, some rock formations you could think about being like, oh, it's crazy. Like, you know, obviously the pyramids are absolutely crazy because like, mm-hmm. look how like perfectly shaped they are and giant. And like, look at the time they were made. Well, some of these rocks in the woods, I think that they could be easily accounted for by glaciers. It's just like glacial you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they deposit the glacial deposit. It just randomly dropped it in a really crazy way, you know. And some of it is a little different. Like, uh, obviously, there's the stone living room, which I highlighted. That's actually in the town that I live in. I guess I'll have to drop it. But yeah, the town of West Milford. Uh, you know, there we go. West Milford's. For the longest time, everybody was like, oh, yeah, West Milford's, like, the largest town in the state. And then, like, you know, preparing for this episode, I looked it up, and, like, West Milford's, like, only the eighth largest. But, like, oh. you know, pretty big. That's We're, cool. uh, I think it's, like, 80 square miles. And for our other metric users, that's around, uh, I believe, 208 kilometers squared, hmm. I believe. You can flip. You, you can do that that fast in your head. You're amazing. Yeah, no, what a scientist I am. You know, clearly I do a lot of statistics and analyses, but uh, <laughs> okay, so back on, back on topic, I'm not going to gloat too much. We still have to save my personal stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I was saying, so like, there's the stone living room. I think that's page 39 in the book. Uh, that's a, so like what I was saying, West Milford's pretty big area wise. It's definitely the largest town in the northern part of the section. That's a little bit of a beef. There's a north and a south Jersey. There's a little bit of debate. There's a central Jersey. I definitely think there is because there's definitely a transition. Um, but in the north part of the state, it's very like, you know, mountainous and uh, like deciduous mm-hmm. mixed hardwood forest going on. There's valleys, whatnot. There's a lot of like these rock type formations and scrambles going on. And uh, one of the uh, state forests near, in my town is Northern Green, I believe it's called Northern Green State Forest. And there's this stone living room setup where, you know, we don't, we can't really explain who set it up. Obviously, it was probably just a bunch of people. I don't think aliens just decided to set up this, you know, nice looking living room cir- half circle on top of this mountain. But it's still like pretty cool. And, you know, it just like kind of adds to that folklore. And obviously, it's a big forest trap. Uh, it is still standing to this day, too. I, I actually hiked it last fall. How how big are the chairs? It's hard to tell by the picture. 
Are they like they're big, like big lazy boys? If you think about it, mm. obviously like some of them are a lot larger. Like you know, you can fit like it's a three person recliner couch almost. If that makes sense. So Sasquatch sized. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I you know that's what that's the thing. It's always Sasquatch. Yeah. That's at least, <laughs> at least for uh, people who know me, I've like I try not to be too crazy with like the whole Bigfoot stuff, even though it's kind of like a personality trait for me. But um. You know, I don't let it meddle my professionalism with work, you know, being like a wildlife biologist type or scientist. But uh, yeah, that's my answer for everything. It's always Bigfoot. It's always Bigfoot. That's oh, always what did it. That's one thing I was going to tell you. As another scientist type, when I used so we used to have to do everything in grams and stuff like that for weights and fish and stuff. And I would always write the ounces and I'd tell, I'd leave a note for the lab tech to be like, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because I'm literally, I'm covered in mud. It's 110 degrees. I'm like, I'm not sitting here and converting all these. Yeah, no, whatever you're, happens in the field, it goes. I'm you, like, you're sitting in an air-conditioned room. You can sit there and figure out what this, ma- the, the conversion. You can punch, totally get that. punch the calculator buttons yeah, for me. Like, you know, when it's hot as hell outside and the bugs are biting or if oh, it's gosh. freezing rain, whatever conditions, like, hey, however I'm writing it is however I'm writing it. And if I have to fix it in the lab, that's fine. I'll fix it in the lab. <laughs> now, those conditions. So in Chicago, when I worked... The, the two biggest problems in Chicago is it's so always, it's always so hot and humid in the summer. And the second thing is, is most of their streams are uh, armored and channelized. So there's no tree cover over top. So it's basically standing in waders in the middle of a field, pushing a big metal cart and then <sighs> sorting fish in the middle of the, there's just no trees. What are you looking at, Jay? You found something else? Well, I think we talked about at the beginning about the holes, the blue holes. Yeah. Which the kettle. Yeah, just the whole. Water. We don't just have to get in that, water. but it is interesting though that there seems to be a few of these, right? Or is there just one? Uh, so there's just the the Brock kettle, I believe. That's Hardyston. That's Sussex County. That's the county west of me, towards like Pennsylvania, and like the I guess like there's like a point where New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania all kind of have like you know kind of like that tri-state border mm-hmm. area going on. So I think it's closer to that. Um, but yeah, like I guess like. I feel like everybody has like a hole or a swimming hole or something that a lot of people have died in. And, oh, yeah. Know, they New just Jersey. disappear. Yeah, Northwest New Jersey is just littered with that, like people <laughs> going in swimming holes and just dying, you know. But I feel like, like I said, I feel like that's like every swimming hole in like every state. That is true. It reminds me of that video where you see like the hole and yeah, people go like, swimming oh. in it and then end up in oh. some hole on the other side somewhere else. Okay, this one looks interesting. Yeah. So I'm now on page. Oh, gosh. Where are the page numbers? Top should be up here. So I'm on page 54, albino encounters. Oh, yeah. I this, have a feeling that I come up. This picture, first off, I know it's a bunch of people wearing weird, like, gorilla-like masks with baseball bats. But this is terrifying. Yeah. This is like a, a fever dream. They're <laughs> don't even get me started. I just actually just, like, got over COVID, and I had fever dreams. And it is absolutely oh my gosh. insane. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, there's a lot of this going on. Like, we'll touch probably upon it later, like with Clinton Road. But like, there's always just these accounts of like, just I'm sorry, I almost cursed on the podcast. I don't want to demonetize you guys or anything. <laughs> there's just a lot of random stuff going on, like this, like just like a group of albinos coming out of the woods and like attacking people with baseball bats. You know, or like obviously like the clown phase of I think that was 2016. That was mm-hmm. pretty prominent in the area too. So there's just always like a weird like group of people emerging from the woods like 
or you know just something like that whether it be clansmen or albinos or clowns just coming out of the woods and like ambushing people and that's like very like i just i feel like it happens a lot in like northern new jersey for some reason i think that's just a small town thing that yeah because here we go would would people really get hurt and stuff no i think i don't i don't have heard of anybody actually yeah mostly scares but like okay you know, can you imagine your car didn't start you'd wonder but you know thank god nobody's been reported hurt like we have mongoloid road around us it's that one road you know it's it's always that same kind of storyline like you're saying that this mysterious group of people if you go out there they'll chase you down and get you and it's always somebody weird like albinos or monks or mongoloids you know it's always an oddball yeah but jay i would like you to read the title of this little section Right here, because it's amazing. You don't have to read the whole paragraph, but I want you just to read that into the microphone for me. Okay. <laughs> Beware the midget albino cannibals of Boonton. Midget albino cannibals. That's a t-shirt if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, that should be its own book. I don't know if I'm scared of a midget albino cannibal. Um, I'm pretty darn close. That I mean, is true. I think I could really kick pretty hard in a situation where I needed to. I guess if they're coming at me with guns, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I just kind of skimmed over that story. I think we should read it to the audience. All right, Jay, read that. All right, just that little blurb. Yeah. Let's read this. So this is the story of the... Read the title again. I love it. Beware the midget albino cannibals of Boonton. Am I saying that right, Boonton? It's Booten, but I give you credit. Booten, 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 You know how many yeah, times a day we... We got a little flying up here. All right, some Booten. All right. A few years back, my friend's mother was driving down a back road with her two kids in the car. A gang of midget albinos emerged from the woods and grabbed her son from the back seat of the car. She drove off a few months late. Wait, she drove off, and a few months later, the okay. boy's body was found. As my friend tells it, it appeared they had eaten him. I'm not sure how true this is, but he has promised what? to find me some newspaper articles <laughs> from when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> she just let them eat their kid. So he emerged from the woods and grabbed her son Out from the, the back car. of the car while she was driving. Okay. Why I don't want to go back. I, and say, I don't want to be offensive to anybody, um, but if somebody grabs my kid, and especially albino midgets. I'm just gonna waddle after them. They don't, they don't run very fast. First off, second off, they're not that big. Just I, take a kid back and walk away. I think he might yeah, be. Exactly. We are like Sasquatch to them. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's like taking your kid back from a raccoon. <laughs> just take him back. You didn't. She didn't want the kid. Maybe that's what it's. Yeah, this She's, sounds like an elaborate. Oh story. no! Bring Timmy yeah. back. Who stole him? Uh, it was. This Al albino midget, midget. cannibals. Albino cannibals took him. Oh, wait. that <laughs> I may think, be my favorite story in the book. I think we're figuring this one out. There's so much Why good cover art. Words in there? <laughs> There's so much good cover art in this book. Oh, there definitely is. What'd you find now, Jay? Oh, I I seen you had a little note here, and this is on page sixty. Page sixty, the legend of the mysterious Jackson Whites. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't know much about it, but there's an interesting picture here, but. You have a little note here that says you you believe you might have went to school with a descendant. Yeah. Is so I hope that we're not really getting into offensive territory here with this. I, I apologize if anything happens, That's especially okay. 
of the demonstration. So, but like basically, when people talk of Jackson Whites, at least in my region of the state, uh, or like this area, they're referring to like you know inbred people. Oh, so that's what okay, I'm but inbreds all the time. But, but not like how like like obviously like I guess Jackson White would be like a derogatory term for that. But also like that like it is a group of people who have lived in the area mm-hmm. and like i'm saying that, like i believe that i did go to school with somebody who was like a descendant of a jackson white at least like i was told from second hand of course i never went up to the kid <laughs> right was, you know yeah <laughs> so i heard through the grapevine we personally know yeah. an inbred i'm sure we all do well i mean you i'll tell you the two you personally know yeah do i know them yeah you know them the one has a forehead two miles wide okay okay oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's just move on. Let's just move on. You basically, yeah, anyone that's from here that knows anyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, so this is uh, an inbred family from the area, and I'm guessing that eventually they kind of integrated back with society. That's exactly what's going on with the story, too. I feel like it's just like the tale... Like, this title is just given to them, and it's a tale that is, like, could be placed anywhere, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, like, Kentucky has the blue people. Uh, yeah, that's But there's true. actual pictures of, like, them being blue. Blue, yeah. That one's pretty cool. Maybe I have like, social outcasts, like, mix of, like, Native American people, or just, like, you know, immigrants who just did not fall in line with, like, the society at the time. I believe they you know, they like, retreated to the mountains. So it kind of, it's kind of taking, like, a turn. It's, for me, at least, it sounds like if you've seen like the wrong turn movies almost mm-hmm. that's uh, kind of like the direction it's heading in like the social outcast going off and living in their own community and of course like in your own community there's going to be interbreeding going on yeah I and mean, you know the tale just goes as so much genetic mutation is going on uh but you know it's like i said it and i make a big deal of it but i don't think it's that big of a deal like I said, I, I just more folklore in the area i i think it's more common than people realize too especially from the 1800s on, mm-hmm. like the the, eight, the mid 1800s to the early early 1900s, there was a lot of that happening in the U.S. And mm-hmm. there's kind of this weird like self alienation going on in that time. The country just had a or it was having a civil war, and then after people kind of retreated into their own little communities. The only problem with that was uh, those well, communities weren't very big. Too. <laughs> uh, it was all mostly one and a half other you know one and a half families Mm -hmm. and you run out of other people really fast it it is funny too because from our town i mean you know a lot of people if if that person over there isn't your cousin their cousin's your cousin you know what i mean oh yeah no it's impossible yeah that is like such a big thing uh, like with my family uh you know, there's a there's a really big joke running that like the Greens and like my the last names of my like family cousins on the Green side all crossed over the land bridge with the woolly mammoths and like <laughs> the short hair and stuff. But uh, no, like it, it did take me a while. So yeah, I, I don't know how deep I'll go into my heritage, whatnot. Like so, for my mom's side, I'm like 50 percent Italian, and it took a long time for my dad to like open up about our heritage on that side. So I'm like a big mix of like a lot of European stuff, like English, Dutch, Polish. And I also found out that we have some Native American and, you know, like that bloodline as well. Um, you know, I guess I'm kind of not doing any justice to my fourth grade teacher. She made us do like this big New Jersey project. So like at one point I didn't know the history and all the stuff of New Jersey very well. And obviously <laughs> now I don't. So, you know, if Mrs. Ford, if you're still with us, you know, and if you're not, God bless, you know, I'm sorry. If you're rolling. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
So like like I said, the Native American heritage on my side is like just like the Lenni Lenape people or just the Lenape people, which is it's an Algonquin tribe of the Native American people here. So like that's like a lot of like the Native folklore and legends come from that. But uh, as like I was saying, I know I diverged a lot for like the heritage and stuff. But as I was saying, like there's just so much that I didn't know, and there's so many family members on the green side of my family that I like you know just find out throughout time. It's like crazy. Like I remember being in middle school. And like we had, I had a family member pass away on my dad's side, I believe it's like, um, like his uncle or aunt or something. And at that funeral, like I was seeing people that I was seeing like every day, like grade school or middle school. And, you know, I come to find out that we're like, we're basically like cousins to an extent, you know, whether right. you know, second or, third or something. It's just, that's just like baffling, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that going on with like my family. They're like, they're like in this area, there's a pretty good chance I'm related to a lot of people. And I'm very fortunate to find out that like, you know, I'm not related to my girlfriend at all. That's very good to hear. So, yeah. Yeah. The, you don't have to share any not information yet. about her, but did, is she from a little bit farther away than you are? Like from the area or is she from the area? No, we're both from the same town. Okay. I, that's, I, went, like, to, I went to the other side of the state yeah. to get Emily. Uh, good job. Just you to know. make sure. Yeah. Just to make sure. That. The gene pool here was, was getting pretty that. limited. It was worth that extra effort. Yes, it was. There you go. There's a compliment for the episode. There's definitely a lot of parallels so far between like Ohio and New Jersey. I've noticed so far. So Ralph, what's the next one we're doing? Uh, if you guys wanted to, we can jump over to some of the UFO stuff. Cause I think like we're at this point, we're kind of just going through like my notes and I think UFOs are like next okay. on the topic, but I keep going what you said about um, Ohio, New Jersey. Like, yeah, New Jersey is just like, I guess a miniature Ohio with like the shore, you know, like we have like an oceanic shore. We have an oceanic shore. Jeez. Huh? We we have a bunch of shore. Was prehistoric? With what? Was it like prehistoric? Is oh, that no. what you're saying? No, the Great Lakes. Oh. The whole top of... Right? Yeah, the whole top. Yeah. I was just picking on you. You're the whole top right? of our lake is... Or, though, I was talking about like, you know, the ocean. The true ocean. Water. You know, like I have the potential to be attacked by a shark. You have the potential to be attacked by some like river monster. That journey. <laughs> we just had a bull shark like three years ago in Ohio. Yeah, why is that not shocking? And why am I more and more afraid of water every single day? <laughs> I love it. A fishman, a catfishman. That's going to be an episode coming up soon. Is uh, bull sharks of the Mississippi? Uh, they used to oh, be a lot, a lot more frequent in Ohio, but now we we seem to get one in Ohio about every four years. Wow, uh, that's terrifying. And they have to follow. It's thirty six locks. They have to follow to get up to here. That's ridiculous. That's a man on a mission. Yeah. Well, they're just following a boat. Before, like, Bigfoot and, like, cryptids, sharks were such a big thing to me. Like, that's the first... Jaws is the first movie I remember watching as a kid, and I can't believe my father scarred me like that. Like, he's, <laughs> really, he's completely messed up my life, man. Like, I will not... I Like, okay, yeah, I'll go in the ocean and get splashed by the waves a couple times, but, like, once I get past, like, my waist and I start feeling the water hit my, like, my stomach and chest, like, that that paranoia just hits so hard. Yep, Jaws is out like, there. We just went down the shore. Like, I, I would not go in the bay at all. Like, you know, we took the boat out and people were like treading water in the bay. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not. <laughs> I used to swim out to the second sandbar in Florida to shark fish. And I had a big bull shark come check me out one time. That was scary. She was really big and we had a dead shark with us. And she wanted that shark and I was not giving it up. I've caught I've two bull sharks. You, uh, you wow. Basically, when they come past, you take the butt of your rod and you bump yeah. them really hard behind the eye. And mm-hmm. the second you do that, they take off. You won't see them again the rest of the day. Uh, it's because in their brain, they're normally not being pred- predated on. So once you initiate the first strike, 
you just became predator. They don't want to deal with it. So they just leave. Uh, the other littler sharks are harder to work with because they don't have fear because mm. they don't care. The big sharks yeah. have a little bit of fear. Mm. Just just yes. so you know. Black tips, I, I've been almost bit by so many black tips. They come right in because they don't look. They just come in mouth open and hope they catch something. So there we learned something today. If you're in the ocean with a shark, go for it. A bull shark. Oh, okay. Hit him really hard behind the eye. <laughs> or, you, or, or you know what you can really learn? You can learn from Ralph and you just don't go walk. Yeah, that, yeah. that is the best advice. <laughs> don't blame the shark when you go into the shark's home. Not true. But there's shark infested waters. There's no such thing as shark infested waters. There's people infested waters. The sharks live there. <laughs> Tell us how oh, you really yeah. feel. I, I hate that saying in Florida. Shark infested water. Anyways, that we're not. We're here for New Jersey. But yeah, we're back in New Jersey. Well, there, there's sharks in New Jersey, so it's okay. We didn't go too far. Okay. <laughs> a lot of bull sharks. Jaws was inspired by a bull shark. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, another good story we could talk about, maybe, even though it's not. No, it's all good. It's this is your diverge. episode, so we'll diverge again. So, what page are we going to? Do anybody know? Um, I think we could. Uh, you want to do some UFO stuff? It's like I think eighty-two is kind of the start of like a lot of like the oh. bigger stories, or yep. like I guess more and more consistent UFO reports were coming through, and of course, like you know, that happens to be a little bit closer to where I live. Again, you know, another. There's like a handful. There's a lot of reservoirs around where I live, uh, mm-hmm. especially in my town. We have like four predominant ones where the water for them is used for um, like a city in New Jersey. It's called Newark. Like it's the watershed property of Newark, I believe. So like even though we live in this town with the reservoir, like we ourselves would have to pay to put a boat on those reservoirs, to fish those reservoirs, to hike those reservoirs, and even to hunt in the woods in those areas uh, of those reservoirs. So, like I said, you know, it's a big deal. You know, but like, that's not to say, like, uh, this, my town, West Milford, and, like, the Highlands region of the state is very big in protecting our natural resources. I believe it was 2004 is the, uh, I have it written down on my computer here, is we passed the Highlands Water Protection and Planning Act, which regulates the Highlands region of the state, which, you know, this encompasses probably most of northern New Jersey. And basically it's just protecting all of, like, you know, the natural resources and a lot of the natural areas in the state and it has allowed like a lot of developing not to happen anymore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we haven't really built a lot of things in new places. We've like taken down old places and developed them, but we haven't like taken away from natural areas, if that makes sense. Yeah. We, we take watersheds very seriously here in North Jersey. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a more, good sign. Yeah, more States need to be doing that. Ohio, uh, was one of the driving forces a long time ago for the Clean Water Act and stuff like that. But a lot of states, it was too late. Like, we were just... Uh, I don't know. Did we get that on an episode today about the hair lip sucker and stuff? No, we talked about it beforehand, I okay. think. Okay. So the hair lip sucker and the Scioto Mad Toms were discovered the same, basically the same years they went extinct. Mm-hmm. So Ohio was just on the precipice of ecological collapse when we actually started taking stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh we we lost so many species that we will never know about. Like literally, I think the cytomatum was discovered in March and declared extinct in August. Uh, the, it was Troutman harvested thirteen specimens, and he regretted it because he thinks they were the last thirteen. He just found them all in one riffle, and was like, okay. And then they went back and they could never find them again. Hmm. Uh, so they were extinct, but they gone. Were, yeah. All right. To UFOs in New Jersey. What what do you want to read, Jay? 
the Roswell. Yeah, I got. Well, the first one you have here is the Roswell of Ramapose. How do you say that? <laughs> it's okay. The Ramapose. Ramapose. The Ramapose is uh, here in the northern part of the state as well. It's a little bit uh, south from me. Uh, but yeah, the town, or like, well, there's a town of Wanaku, and then there's the Wanaku Reservoir. And that's kind of like where this story is going to be taking place. Again, that's not one of the like the city water reservoirs I was telling you about, but it's just another large reservoir in the area. And they had like, you know, a lot of reports to UFOs back in, I believe it was like the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I remember having a teacher in high school. So I, I didn't go to high, my town's high school. I went to a private high school in the county closer to the city, Bergen County it's called. Uh, you know, it was like, not like super urban, you know, it was just, I guess that was like the richer county. And um, there was a teacher who lived in the town that encompasses this reservoir, and he would talk about, like, these stories, too, which is just pretty cool. Like, Hmm. you know, I guess it was cool that he didn't, like, write it off as, like, people, like, hysteria or people just, you know, smoking pot at the time. Like, I feel like in the 60s and 70s, that's always, like, what people would, like, Mm -hmm. give credits, like, on the Bigfoot stories, like, oh, people are just stoned, you know. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, yeah, there'd be the lights over the reservoir, and they're weird, you know. It's, It's not like he... He, it's not like he fed into it, but it's not like he like shut it down. So I, mean, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, that's always nice to find a, a middle-minded person as a teacher, yeah. even. Yeah, he was right. a cool dude. He, he, was, he was a driver ed teacher too, so I guess he helped me learn how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you know that story well, or is is it anything like, or is it just lights over the reservoir kind of? It's kind of like the whole lights over the reservoir. They talk about like you know obviously seeing like the flying saucer type during the day. Uh, I believe another account is kind of like, not like, I guess like the mothership idea, if you can think about where it's mm-hmm. like the ring of lights and like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously kind of like more like those really squished triangle shapes put together. Uh, you know, UFOs. For, okay. So I guess we'll talk a little bit more about me, but with me and UFOs is like, I don't really, like I enjoy hearing about alien encounters, UFOs and whatnot. It's, you know, it's not really my cup of tea because I guess it's become very accepted nowadays, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, yeah, aliens and stuff are real, regardless if it's actually, like, you know, little green or gray men and, like, flying saucers or if it's just, like, you know, a single-celled organism or amoeba out there in the universe. Like, it, it's just it's highly likely that there's life besides us out there mm-hmm. in the universe. So that's why I, like, kind of stray away from UFO stuff. Like, I find it interesting but it's just like everybody accepts it, you know, and I like I kind of like to go against the grain and which is why like, I got entertain Bigfoot so much because like and it just baffles me that people are not accepting of Bigfoot when it's just like, but that's just like a big monkey. Like and you're telling me you believe in like aliens outside in the yeah. universe flying, <laughs> flying metal discs, you know, it's a funny comparison. I know. And the big thing is like Bigfoot like creatures existed relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Stuff like Gigantopithecus and even uh, Denisovans were large people. Mm hmm. Uh, so I don't get where the, I, if a, if a true Gigantopithecus was standing, we think they could have been up to 16 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, so that's way bigger than most Bigfoots. So we already know a primate that big can and did exist. Mm-hmm. So I don't get the, I don't get the big fight like of it mm-hmm. ex- it, the possibility of it existing. It is funny though. I think Ralph made a good point that people will acknowledge aliens being real and mm-hmm. existing more before they will Bigfoot. And they're both in that realm of unknown. Yeah. But they'll they'll easily accept, okay, yeah, aliens, sure, well, yeah. The government talks about UFOs. The government does not talk about Bigfoot. Exactly, yeah. Which that could be the, the big thing. also talks about a lot of stuff that, like, 
we won't get too political because like obviously i don't want like that i don't want like the cia not the cia agent like the dark government agent listening into the episode and just to completely delete all your stuff off the internet because of this but like the government says some other things that are you know not super trustworthy and i i'm not like saying i'm super anti-government and like anti-trustworthy of all Mm -hmm. the things but like you know what i mean you know like i don't know what you're talking about you have to take it with a grain of salt everything and um the government's yeah. never lied to yeah. us once. It's like mm. yeah, one of my favorite shows, The X Files, and it's like trust no one. You know, yeah. So, the truth uh, is out there. The truth is, out, is there. out there. And, uh, but like, I won't discount any like anybody's UFO reports. Cause it's definitely highly likely. I, you know, I do think I didn't really want to talk about it too much, but I, I definitely like attribute it to like somewhat of a fever dream state, or just like completely like being disoriented when you wake up at like three o'clock in the morning. Ooh. I remember just like, look. Okay, yeah, we're. I guess we're getting into it. Uh, so, like one time, I thought maybe I saw a UFO from my bedroom window flying by. But could that have been a shooting star? Absolutely. Could it have been just like me in like a disoriented state? Absolutely, because that's happened to me before. But it, was just, it just looked like three or four lights in, of like a really tight line just zooming by, like just a faster speed than like the star and like mm-hmm. a plane. But like, I, will I say that like, oh my god, I saw a UFO? No, because like, what like evidence do I have of it? Like, I just I. I kind of just discredited that story myself in a couple seconds by saying like, yeah, I wake up disoriented at three o'clock in the morning or like, you know, maybe it's a fever dream. Maybe it's just like, you know, my imagination. It wasn't like, I don't, I don't think I was like a young kid. I feel like I was probably like 16 at the time when this happened. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, but like they do say like, I do have that feeling of being watched at night, you know, cause I have woken up like two or three o'clock in the morning, but I'm not going to say that aliens visited me. I've never had like that experience. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely experienced that feeling of like being watched or like waking up like at the random hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe I have been paying a visit, or maybe I'm just crazy. I'm probably just crazy. I think everybody knows that already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. believe me, you're an, one of us wears a tinfoil hat, Ralph. So it's okay, <laughs> and that's okay. That's <laughs> uh, but I got a question for you. We won't go into it. You can't ask me any questions about why I'm asking you this question. <laughs> Uh, at least okay. why we're recording. Uh, That's okay. When you seen that thing, did you happen to have any amount of nitrates in your house or around your house at that time? That I know of? I don't think so. Was there is there a fertilizer plant or anything like that nearby? No. A dump? Uh, no. There's, a, there's, a, there's actual, okay. Yeah, there's a dump less than like an aerial mile from me. Hmm. I'll tell you why later, but that's enough of that. That's for okay. an episode that we're recording oh. tomorrow. Oh my God, I can only imagine. It's our next UFO episode, and I think okay. it'll. I think it's. I've researched this a lot. I think we will be the first ones to ever come out with this theory, and I think there's a lot to it. There's a lot to explore. Yeah. That's for you're sure. Come out and say that aliens are after cow poop or something. <laughs> Biofuel. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, on to the next topic. <laughs> okay, so where are we going now? We did aliens over the reservoirs. Um, yes. Uh, Who are you asking here? Are you asking me or I, I'm asking everybody. <laughs> I want to make sure that I want to make sure that everybody gets like their pitch in because, like, like I said earlier, I think oh, once I kind of get rolling on the Bigfoot train, that's where we're gonna end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I we'll have a lot to talk about for the Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Um, there, let's see here. There's other. The other UF, there's a lot of UFO sightings in here. Um, New Jersey and New York have a lot of UFO sightings. Um, yeah, there's, there's groups dedicated to like looking up in the mm-hmm. night sky. Obviously, like, they're stargazers, but I do think there's some like UFO people who are dedicated to just looking at the night sky. 
I don't know about New Jersey per se, but I know New York has a really big, uh, basically video camera array that's just pointed okay. up over a couple cities because yeah. they have so many uh, UFO sightings, and they've recorded a lot of weird, a lot of weird stuff in the sky. Uh, no Jersey Devil yet, though. Uh, that'd be a good one to get flying over. Wouldn't it be? They got the uh, Tom Rivers UFO sighting. Um, you said not too far away from you on this one, right? Um, uh-huh. page, page 91. Okay. Do you want Jay to read this little blurb? Are you Sure. Oh, you wait, say again, sorry. All right, so do you want Jay to read this little blurb or do you want to take it or Uh, you know, no, we'll save my beautiful reading voice. That isn't post nasally at all. Uh for the the special topic I'd like to go over. But I just wanted to point out that when I was talking about uh that UFO ship type mothership before. Yeah. That picture on the page is what I was talking about. Okay, that kind of deal. Like that, that's a pretty common like UFO shape or craft. That Interesting. Reported, I believe. Yeah, I've only seen one UFO that I that I would consider a UFO, and it, it was kind of it didn't have the lights underneath it, but it had all the lights around the outside. But it was huge, and it was like his one light appeared from one end, the one on the other end would disappear. And it was like a row of like 12 lights. I, the most I ever seen was like 12 at once. Like a cone jelly. Yeah, kind of, kind that, of. That bioluminescent pulsing light. But it wasn't pul- yeah. It was just like a constant light. Like, it was just a... It, a light moving down a pipe almost. It was just, yeah, but it was like one like light. Chicken Little? Yeah, just moving across the sky, moving just across like the sky. Just like Chicken Little. And the whole thing moved across the sky. You actually fell asleep watching the movie Chicken Little. I was out. <laughs> I was actually burning trash <laughs> behind the bowling. Well, not oh. trash, but cardboard. <laughs> You gotta stop. That's the only UFO <laughs> I've seen is in Chicken Little. I was burning cardboard, not trash. I don't there burn trash. But I don't burn trash. I don't. I burn cardboard. Saves room in the dumpster. <laughs> when, when I swipe my eyes, that's kind of like what I saw. Like if half of that size. If okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll after we're done recording, I'll spoil the the, the episode we're recording okay. tomorrow for you. Oh no! I think but you'll yeah. be excited. I think we can roll with that. All right. I see the big yellow sticker that says my fave coming up but we're going we're entering bizarre beast yeah so maybe we'll dance around that special topic because there are some other bizarre beasts that are pretty interesting i guess we want to talk about all right and you know one of them of course being the infamous jersey devil you guys did a great episode Mm -hmm. if you're still listening and you know this episode hasn't really been terrible and you're enjoying ralph as a guest i highly recommend (laughs) that you dig through the archives and find the jersey devil episode because these guys did a great job of covering that topic and really, you know, coming up with some realistic, like, what would this be? And I completely agree with it. Like, do I believe that there's a Jersey Devil? Probably. Is it more or less, like, not a spoiler, I think. Could it be a hammerhead bat? Yeah, totally. I think that's highly likely. But I think, like, it's so entertaining to have this state creature almost because, like, yeah. we have a hockey, you know, national hockey team. Yeah. National Hockey League team is literally named the New Jersey Devils. And, like, I'm not uh, – my team is the Pittsburgh Penguins, but, like, I still support the Devils. And, you know, that's, like, that home state pride going on there. Oh, you, you're saying I look like that thing? Yeah, <laughs> especially in the morning. Oh, gosh. What is that? What's oh, the, the name of that? Man? Yeah, on yeah, page 109, we got a Justin. Ralph knew what it was immediately. Would you just look at Ralph and smile, Justin, for him? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that smile. I swear that's what I wake up and I think that's a capuchin monkey. Every we might have to take up. his photo and put it on the Facebook I think page that, for this. I episode. think that's ca- a capuchin monkey. Make it a t-shirt. 
All right. So, like Ralph said, the new uh, Jersey Devil. What are your thoughts? You kind of get. Well, you kind of just went over them, but could it be real? Could it not be real? Could it be the hammerhead bat? Yes, no. There's a lot to that, but I think the weirdest thing is that they they don't cover a lot. Like we kind of talked about, is that couple days of it being sighted, it, it terrified the people on the trolley car. Like it had a lot of witnesses. Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of stories you look at it, a lot of the documentaries don't really cover that. It makes it seem like a much more not saying it's not mysterious, but it's much more unseen monster. When yeah. it really uh, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've done that. We did that episode. But I think it had like 100 witnesses that in one day because it flew over yeah. that town. Something like that, yeah. And it had various sizes and stuff like that reported, the little one and the big one. Just like the Van Meter Visitor had. Multiple sizes yeah. ones, yeah. All right, so who are we reading about now? Yeah, do you want to do um, the Hoboken Monkey Man first? The Hoboken. totally hot that. I just had like a little thing to say. Like, oh, yeah. In regards with people like obviously like you we have an event like that with the jersey devil or like any cryptid like the van meter visitor i guess and of course i'm gonna point out bigfoot too but like so many people have like seen these things and obviously like the jersey devil like you know i think like the people in new jersey you know obviously like the state pride going on and some people believe some don't but like they still entertain it but it's just like it's crazy to me to think that like people are seeing these things and like obviously you know, some of it could be written off as like natural, natural phenomena or natural creatures or anything, you know, it could be like, you know, your episode covers very well with the bats, but it's just, it's crazy to think that people like outright deny things like, oh, no way. You mm-hmm, know, like, right. You know, there's like a hundred people saw the Jersey devil in one day or like in a year. I don't know how many Bigfoot sightings are in a year in just like the United States alone, but around 3000 and how many, and if, let's just say only like 300 of those are legitimate you know what i mean like at, like 300 of those are absolutely bigfoot i just think it's crazy that you know we, people live a life where they're gonna be closed-minded like that to me it's like i want to be open-minded i think life is too short to be closed-minded and not be curious and exploring and just you know not like fantasizing but just open to things like especially like that's how i kind of take myself as you know a scientific professional is like obviously like i don't spend my time as what my job right now like even though we hike around the woods i'm not spending my time looking for bigfoot and claiming bigfoot's everywhere but i'll be open to it and you know uh i just i just think it's just crazy that you know there's a lot of professionals who are just are just like absolutely not like there's no way it's real you know this phd shoved up my butt tells me oh it's not gosh, real. Yes. Mm-hmm. you know like here's me like you know i've been through graduate school and i have a master's and whatnot and like of course like i'm not like cuckoo like oh bigfoot this bigfoot that bigfoot must be real you know i'm not trying to push it that wasn't my graduate thesis but i just think that you know we just need to be accepting have an open mind with these things i think it's a really crazy way to live life if you're not open-minded to it you know like i said earlier like i don't like ufos but i know that it's very likely that there's alien life forms even like right. do i think like little green men and gray aliens like maybe not like reptilian aliens oh you know but i'm still accepting to the idea like there is other life out there mm-hmm. and i apply that to other cryptids like yeah some of it might be crazy but it's it's possible mm-hmm. it's very much possible and there's so little that we know about the world and i think that every day we're learning new things so why can't like mysterious cryptids or just these weird creatures why can't they fall into those categories and maybe one day it will and i hope i'm alive for it especially for bigfoot because That's, then everybody that laughs at me, everybody that laughs at me will be wrong there you go <laughs> exactly i think you have a very valid point is we talked about today that 
most cryptids, there are weirder things in nature that we know about than most cryptids. And we discover so many new species. Like, we just, uh, oh gosh, we just discovered a new species of whale, I think it was last year or the year before. Mm. A baleen whale, a 50-foot animal in the Gulf of Mexico that's been avoiding yeah. detection. I know it's the ocean, you know, it's a little easier for a, a, an animal the size of a semi to hide. But it's still an animal the size of a semi. Semi, yeah. In one of the most popular boating destinations in the world, the Gulf of Mexico, for, mm. for deep-sea sports fishing. Mm-hmm. So there are people passing every day. And then one time they're like, oh, that, well, that whale looks really weird. They took a picture. It's a new species. What it's, are the odds? I know. It's just, it's just <laughs> weird. I, I agree with Ralph fully that, and I really, I don't think Bigfoot will be the first one uh, of these cryptids to come forward. I know it'll be the first one because I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. Did we spill the beans or not? No, no, no. We're not spilling the beans. We're going on a cryptid hunt. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, we'll, we'll talk about this off air. Uh, if the timing coming are right, I could totally be there to help. Oh yeah, well, we're dragging you along. Oh god, okay. You just gotta get to Ohio, <laughs> then we'll go from there. <laughs> I, mean, I love to drive, so that's not a problem. Oh gosh, thank fun. goodness. All Somebody that pops does. into my head is that ending song in Adventure Time. It's like, come along, along with me. Okay. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so why don't you read about the Hoboken Monkey Man, Jay? Me? Yes. Yeah, I love this story. I love the picture. Apparently, it's me. But it, it is. It's I can got see the it. Curly it's hair got the and hair everything. and everything. Like the hair is straight. If it had a curly, <laughs> if it had a curly top, I'd, I'd agree. It looks curly endish. Okay, the Hoboken Monkey Man. <laughs> Weird New Jersey has heard many tales of monkey-like men lurking around our state. Some of them turn out to be real people, apparently mentally challenged and rumored to be inbred, <laughs> but hardly the bizarre beasts we've come to expect. But the Hoboken Monkey Man is a different story. In October of 1982, so that's fairly recent. Was that 40 years ago? Uh, rumors circulated throughout the Hoboken school system about a mysterious ape-like creature terrorizing schools, attacking children walking home, throwing students out of windows, and even killing a teacher. After the rumors had circulated for more than two weeks, the Hoboken Police Department set up a task force to quell the, ma- the mounting hysteria and with help from the Public Safety Council. There is no monkey man. No students or children are missing, said one official from Public Safety Council. We went looking for him. He wasn't even in the streets. How do you stop a rumor that's growing like wildfire? Hmm. The Hoboken monkey man. So that's the start. Is there, is there more? T- did they ever catch the guy? The thing? No, there's never really been any other stories outside of like that. Like, obviously, like, could I have done better before this episode to prepare? Probably. Oh, I no. did do some research for a topic that is really special to me, of course. But, um, <laughs> I can't wait to get to it. That was like the first time hearing about the Monkey Man, especially like at, when I got older and was really going through the book. Like, yeah. that was the first time I heard about it. And I, I think it's crazy. So, Hoboken is like a super developed like city. I, mm-hmm. I guess if you can imagine parts of like New York City, like, how like they show Spider-Man like the alleyways type. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what Hoboken is in New Jersey. So like you just think like just a, pic- a picture like that monkey man just running around like you know parts of New York City like Spider-Man style. So you're saying he's still around? Oh yeah, it's a good me. chance. Yeah, he escaped to Ohio. <laughs> I just read it. Isn't Hoboken like the town in every movie like that people are from? It's always seems like I'm from Hoboken. Everything is like Hoboken, New Jersey, like from a movie. I don't know. I just seems like I noticed well, that yeah, a lot. I think, I think Marvel had something 
in regards to the Avengers with Hoboken, or at least close to it. Because, yeah, Hoboken and all that, they're really close to, like, the city. It's, across, it's right across the river from, like, Manhattan. Oh, okay, that's probably okay. why. Yeah. All the references and well, stuff. Big deal, yeah. Do you think it could have been something like a gibbon or a larger monkey? A larger monkey? I don't know well, that. I would say yes, but, but then I also read the little blurb under this story and okay. it, this man was talking about late at night i'm i'm gonna just quickly go through yeah it. yeah the voice. but basically it's like late at night this man he was out and about and he saw this other man standing outside who like was just had normal clothes on like you could tell but he, i guess he just couldn't see his head under the street light and then when he saw his head under the street light it was that head of like the monkey man it was so it was bubbles the chimp michael jackson's bubbles. Yeah, he escaped he used to dress him up like a man Oh my gosh. Was that the monkey hand's name? The, the chimpanzee's name was Bubbles, yes. yes. We thought, try to be I sensitive. I thought that was one of his kids. No, his kid was Blanket. Yes. What Blanket, Paris, and uh, I don't know. The other one does, doesn't talk to anybody. All right, what other bizarre, bizarre beast remember. do we have? Ralph's, Ralph is itching at the bit to get this his oh, big one. That's all right. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to it. There's oh, the I'm excited. Beast. Is that's, his big one the, the, the Bigfoot, or is it one of these? Like uh, where's the bird beast? The bird beast is 111. Yeah, it's over here. All right, Jay Bird, why don't you read about the bird? You want me to... Okay. Okay, now I think you said it earlier. Wanakue? Yep, Wanakue, you got it. Okay. Strange bird-like creature of Wanakue. During the seventh grade, I had a science project to identify and categorize as many insects as I could find. As any local person would tell you, Wanakue was the insect capital of New Jersey. I decided to go to Dead Man's Pond, a, pri- or a piece of swampland accessible by a tiny dirt path. With my trusty net and killing jar, killing jar, I traveled to my destination and got down to business. Not ten minutes into my endeavor, I noticed this huge shadow moving back and forth across the pond. I look up and saw the biggest, scariest bird-like creature with glaring eyes gliding silently across the pond. It looked like it had fur rather than feathers, and its wingspan had was about 20 feet. I beat a hasty retreat. Since the Route 287 project came to Wanakue, most of the swamplands had been developed, destroying any research that could be done to find out if indeed anything strange was living there. Who else likes swamps and is covered in fur and has a 20-foot wingspan? That Squatch? That's Mothman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, gosh. We all named a different cryptid. <laughs> uh, that means we're diverse. Yes. No, it sounds like the Mothman. It does sound like the Mothman, doesn't it? Especially the silent... I'm uh, fighting the urge to sing the song. No, please don't sing the song. Yeah, me too. I, I, I like every single... It's so catchy every episode. Um, I love that song. Uh, that was horrible. I... Th- I love that episode, but that was a lot of work. That song has been stuck in my head for a month. <laughs> yeah, and so, like that also makes me think of like with like a creature like that. There's, you know, it hasn't really been mentioned. I guess I failed to mention it too. But there's definitely like some not like major cave systems going on in this region. But there's definitely some like minor caves. Definitely like something, you know, whether it be like a creature like Mothman or even like a Bigfoot could definitely be living in some form of cave or. There's definitely like stuff out there that nobody's really found or explored, mm-hmm. so I, I could definitely see something like that going on in a story like this. The the cave systems under New Jersey are very unique, uh, as far as we know. You know, we always like to tie everything back to the Mammoth Cave System. As far yep. as we know, they don't connect, 
but there was one spot, I think was it the Dover Demon episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Dover in Massachusetts, though. Yeah. But it looks like there may have been a stretch of the Mammoth Cave arm that may go up there. We don't know. You know, it. I, I, I really feel like most of the ones under Appalachia, I mean, they stretch all the way up to New York and all the way over to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So who's to say it doesn't go to New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it sounds very Mothman-y, very Thunderbird-y. The silent flapping, the big eyes. Yeah. I mean, what did everybody remember about the Mothman? It's eyes. eyes. What do you think In it was, Ralph? The eyes and, like, obviously, like, the whole giant bird description. That was always, I feel like, a big thing. Yeah. But do you think he's the Mothman or do you think it's a different thing? Would it be cool if it was the Mothman? Yeah. But it, I think it's a, def- it's a different thing. It's a New Jersey thing. Okay. You know, we're keeping I was thinking it might be the Sandhill Crane. Oh my gosh! What? Who was? What was the name of the guy I was ranting and raving about? You got me all fired up before we ended the episode. Robert L. Smith. Was that the the teacher or the biologist? No relation. Oh, that might have been the biologist. Yeah, the laziest biologist ever. Yeah, I, yeah, he was the one talking about the bird. Oh my gosh, that was the dumbest. The other guy was the balloon thing. Yes, it's that was a balloon. The all right. Or the science uh, club. I uh, think janitor. I think we need to get into Ralph's A-team, a- his his golden star animal. No, it's okay. We still have uh, okay. Clinton Road. We, we talk about Clinton Road because that, that's a big oh, Okay, yeah. So. Where, where are we going if, for Clinton Road? Uh, Clinton Road, that's page 200. Or like 200 to... There's, yeah, it's a big section of the book, actually. Uh, to gotcha. 200 to 206. But there's a lot going on. So like when you talk about like... I guess paranormal and stuff like that in the state of New Jersey. Like, obviously, you think of like the Jersey Devil, you know, we, like you guys covered that. And I think a really big thing is it's called Clinton Road, and that's in my town, and it connects. Um, so in my town, there's like you know, like I said, it's pretty big. So there's like a valley part of the town, which is where I live, and there's also like up the mountain, which is like you go up the mountain of the town, hmm. and uh, that mountain connects to the New York State border, but up on that mountain there's this road that starts that goes all the way down the mountain and like towards the west and connects to that main major highway system route 23 which leads to 287 and so that there's just it's basically like a 10 mile stretch of like oh two lane woods road you know just like one car on each side and uh there's just so much like weirdness to this single road I've driven it during the day, and it's pretty eerie. I've driven it at night, and yeah, it's definitely pretty creepy. I've never <laughs> personally had any experience on it, but there's so many stories. There's, you know, stories of a wolf with red and yellow eyes chasing you, or a white wolf with red and yellow eyes chasing you, or a ghost wolf with red and yellow eyes chasing you. Stories of different trucks, ghost trucks following you and tailgating you and flashing you. Hmm. Uh, stories about albinos coming out of the woods. Stories about the Ku Klux Klan being out in the woods, stories about the mafia and the Iceman dumping bodies in the woods out there. Oh, man. There's, like, lots of castles back in the woods. There's This one's been destroyed. There's It's called Dead Man's Turn. They kind of fixed that part of the road so that nobody would actually crash, and there's actually kind of, like, a guardrail there because it was kind of like a cove of another reservoir, the Clinton Reservoir, which is another one of those water reservoirs for, like, the city. And, uh, you know, people would crash what they would call dead man's curve, but they adjusted that. So now it's kind of less likely that people crash. It is really notorious for speeding. There is a lot of accidents on this road. Uh, There's more stories, I believe. One of the big ones is uh, there's kind of like 
another edge of the road that kind of like it's like kind of almost like a bridge because like the creek and the the reservoir and there's a story that uh, about a little boy who he got hit and drowned in the reservoir i think he was like picking up a quarter or something or some kind of coin so there's a tale of like if you flip a coin or something and mess around that he'll push you off the bridge so that you don't get hit by a car Hmm. yeah so there's like a lot of stuff i'm pretty i'm probably missing at least something but like I said, there's a lot of like phenomenon going on and there's a lot of stories of people being followed by ghosts, like headlights or ghosts, you know, trucks and stuff like that. And like I said, I, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on back there. It's definitely creepy. Like for the state park that I worked at in New Jersey, it was right there by Clinton road. And sometimes we would drive along it cause there is some property on it. It's called a terrace pond. It's a very, you know, notorious hiking spot as well. Cause you would climb up like, this right of way in the power lines and up there would be this cliff jumping spot. And a lot of people have died and drowned up there too. So like, Oh wow. Prevent people. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, that's even more to the road. There's so much, there's probably so much that I don't even know. And like, hmm. you know, half of the towns people are like, Oh, it's a bunch of food. And other people are like, Oh no, it's true. Don't go out there at night. And yeah, I, I probably wouldn't buy if it was your first time, I would probably just drive in a day and then maybe go at night. It's, it's definitely really creepy. It's definitely a place you don't want to break down. I would say. Now, uh, how many? Do you know how many people have died on this road? Uh, I think it's like, no. I, at least I don't know if it says it. I was just wondering what the body count was. It sounds like a lot because it sounds like a good amount. Like you know, the I'd body say, count. I don't know. Oh my gosh, he's making a political joke. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. It kind of just went right over my head. <laughs> I know. I can't see the top of my head. Oh, sorry. Like satanic sacrifices, satanic cults in there uh, too. I just on that. There's, there's even just so much like floating dogs. Like even, it's just like a ghost road, you know. It has, it has a, a very wide variety of ghost activity. It seems like. Why do you think that is? Do you have any ideas or theories? You know, I, I don't. I possibly I I cannot really confirm or deny any. This, like I told you earlier, there was like Native American history in the state of New Jersey and especially in this area. Perhaps there was, you know, like how there's this kids, sorry, how we're talking about, how you talked about in your Malcolm episode of like uh, who the that famous Native American man that passed away, he was betrayed. Oh, Chief so Cornstock. Cornstock, yeah. Perhaps there was a massacre or betrayal in this area. I feel like that's always such a highly likely cause for events like this. Mm-hmm. Or New England has a lot of that. Something gone like wrong with like how I said earlier, there's satanic stuff going mm-hmm. on. Something like that is attributing to this area, or just there's just it's just one of those naturally like occurring phenomenon hotspots. It could just be that you know, like and, a, a lot of trauma yeah. in that past in that area. Yeah, especially when you think about all the the like we how we mentioned, there's probably a high death count in this area. It, perhaps it's just you know an, an area of like sorrow and misery manifests there, and these things just occur. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, of course, heard a lot less about it. And I think it's been taken a lot less seriously since I've gotten older, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I almost New England has this weird kind of phenomenon that seems to appear of these high, these small spot pockets of super high phenomenal or phenomenal activity. Uh, the, the major one everybody can name is the Bridgewater Triangle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This, this really seems to be one, too, of something scarred this land, in my mind. Like you're saying, whether it's a Native American massacre, a lot of them happened in New England. Uh, 
or even, you know, a witch burning site, all the kinds of stuff like that. And something scarred it and caused a lot of paranormal activity to get locked in. Because that's a big variety. Everything from ghost wolves to phantom cars to hitchhikers yeah. to satanic rituals. And there's been big sightings on that road, too. But I just, you know, obviously didn't want to, you know, make that a big thing. <laughs> uh, and there's a, there, that is another weird thing. There is a weird connection, it seems, with other paranormal activity and Sasquatch in some of these cases. Yeah. Like, my house was haunted. And we, we've gone over that a couple times. And I had Bigfoot activity. It, it's just so weird. Were they connected? Was it a coincidence? You know, it. who knows? Yeah. Who knows if it's just because it's really good woods. Maybe it's just really good forest. The trees are just right for, uh, I don't know, poltergeist activity. Poltergeist activity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, so how did you ever get out of the car on this road and go like Zim Zim Alabama and try to summon something? No, absolutely not. <laughs> have, I gone, have I gone to the bathroom in the woods? Yes. Oh, but, okay. Uh, on this road? Yeah. I, I like think I would pee myself. Like, like, like the Dead Man's Curve area, there's like an area that you can actually pull off and kind of avoid, I guess, like speeding off into like the reservoir. Mm. And you are there. You can actually hike there. People bike there all the time, actually. And my aunt has biked down it a couple of times. I'm like, damn, you are nuts. <laughs> but uh, you could like park there and dig. Yeah, I just have to go to the bathroom one day, so. Does it? Did it feel weird, like when you drove down that road? Like, could you physically feel like it was just w- creepy or odd or off-putting? I definitely, I, cause I think so. I, especially like when you fully drive it, not just like partial. Like for like, uh-huh. so when I went to the state park, like that hiking spot I was telling you about was probably like within the first two miles of that road. And like I said, I told you it's 10 miles long. Okay. So I think like doing like that little two mile part, like, you know, it's kind of just getting used to it because of work, but it's definitely like eerie. Like when I, like, so yeah, I fight back there a lot. I fight back there alone and it's definitely, definitely like creepy. You get like that eerie feeling or like even when I went out to the, go to the bathroom, like, yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, yeah. I, I think you could feel it. I think you could definitely feel it. I don't know if that's just like me, like thinking about it too much, but I think yeah. you could definitely feel just like that eeriness. And I'm going to really touch upon that, too, whenever we get to the special topic as well. Do you have anything else before we get to the special topic? I have nothing. I want to make sure everybody gets to talk about what they want to talk about. I know I, that I'm the guest here. But... Oh, yeah, you know, this is your show. Uh, what's that? The jungle habitat? Yeah, what's the jungle habitat? Let's cover the jungle oh, habitat first. Yeah, jungle habitat. That's a, that's actually literally like how I said to you earlier. There's a dump within like a, a one mile, like air mile away from me. So, so is jungle habitat. So jungle oh, wow. habitat is literally like Great Adventure, like Six Flags, Great Adventure, the safari place. Okay, is what they tried to do in my town. And it was pretty good. Like my parents lived here, so this is like the 60s, 70s that this thing was around. And you no, know, when my parents were kids, this was the thing, and they said it was great. You know, like was there some traffic in town? Yeah, but it's like they said it was great. It was good for the economy. So, like I said, it's kind of like you know, like the safari whole thing going on with like the animals and stuff. You drive like there's a lot of old photos, like people on like their super old cars and like lions coming up to their car. Uh, so yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised there's not a lot of more like horror stories. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's really close to me. It is like really close. It's funny because I actually take my dog hiking there a lot. And it, so it is a very eerie place. So like it shut down eventually. I know that they had a lot of problems with animals escaping. Like, I was going to ask. Anybody you know, my girlfriend's uncle is like 
used to live his backyard would be close to that area he said that he heard like the animals all the time or like escaped animals would you know kind of pass through that area oh gosh and a lot there's a lot of those stories some of them are obviously probably not true like no way people have like lions and ostriches in their yard but i definitely believe like some small stuff escaped i don't know zoos have a lot of stuff get out and they cover it up uh like there was a hippo got out in michigan in like 2018 and it got into the detroit river and nobody talks about it Uh, they buried it fast uh, not the hippo. They oh. got the hippo back in. <laughs> I was hippos, it it went back in the little like travel trailer with a watermelon. They literally like had a trail of watermelons to get it to go back in. That's awesome. But it got out. They let, didn't lock it. It pushed the gate open and it walked out of the zoo. Just walked right on out. Well, what are you going to stop it? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It's the most no. dangerous animal on the planet. Let's go pet one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I can see a lion getting out. I could see one time a guy didn't lock the cage, and then I'm just going to meander on. It wasn't me. So that, was definitely, yeah, so that was the downfall of this place, and that's why it shut down. And it's just kind of like left to ruin. Obviously, like a lot of stuff's been taken out of there, but mm-hmm. like, there's still stuff remaining, like the monkey cages and stuff. And you can go there. Like the giant parking lot is still there. It's like obviously you can't drive up there. You have to like hike or like mm-hmm. walk. It's not that far. But I t- I've taken my dog back there a bunch of times. It's a great. It's a great place to go on a nice little walk or like stuff with your dog, especially if you're not like in the big strenuous hikes. Like I love doing that. That's my my big thing. But like you know, I love to walk my dog, and I don't want to drag him up the mountain. Or should I say, I don't want him dragging me up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's definitely a little creepy sometimes. You know, especially when you're out there by yourself, like even if you're standing in a giant parking lot, it feels weird because it's like abandoned. You know, there's grass growing through all the concrete. There's trees growing through them now. So like it's, you get a little bit of an eerie feeling, even though I highly doubt there's not like a super paranormal place. It's just mm-hmm. a, weird, a weird abandoned place that I wanted to mention because it's really close to me and it's like a part of my life. And we have a like one of those in Ohio too, down in a where would that where that happened? That guy basically had oh, a zoo. Zanesville, but that's the Zanesville massacre. But Ada had a zoo. Yeah, the Ada's yeah. With lions, tigers, and bears. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I, oh, my. Yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> but, no, he had a whole bunch of bears. My grandpa was telling stories like, yeah, uh, all the black... He lost, like, five or six black bears is why that shut down. <laughs> uh, there you go. Because they'd get out, and he wouldn't go look for them. He'd go, go buy another bear. Yeah. Because that's still when you oh. could go down to Tennessee and buy a bear cub. Man. So he would just, like, yeah, it's easier for me to drive to, you know, Townston, Tennessee, and buy a black bear cub. And try to and, wrangle one up or track try to one down. find this one. That's insane. Wow. Uh, and yeah, so finally the, the town was like, you know what? We're not going to let you do that anymore. My grandpa had a, his neighbor had a lion, pet lion. Yeah. Captain Cage, and they kept it in my grandpa's barn. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't go in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go in there. See, exactly. It's just like the gates of hell. Like, yeah, I like, well, I didn't yeah. go in there. There's a lion in there. Like, nope. You guys crazy. All right. Yeah. I think we need to get onto the. Yeah, so the, let's get the, to the big story. I mean, I'm just preparing. I don't, well, obviously, I know you guys like have the time for everything. And I don't want to keep you too long. You oh, know? no. We're having a ball. Yeah, we're having a great time. Uh, but, but I'm excited. To, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on or what you have to say about this. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. It's, so it's probably going to be all over the place. And as everybody who's been listening, I hope you're still with us here. Like, it's Bigfoot. And that's just like, that's my favorite paranormal cryptid topic easily that's what everybody knows me for it's definitely like becoming a personality trait as much as i hate to say it like you know i my 25th birthday was last december and like 
easily like a third of the stuff I got was Bigfoot related. Hey, all right. <laughs> Sounds like a good I birthday. Some, I, got some, I got some useful stuff too. At least, and the Bigfoot stuff was definitely useful. You know, my mom was very thoughtful with her gifts and so was my girlfriend and her family as well. Um, but it's just like, that's like my guilty pleasure topic. Like I've kind of like, you know, joked about like being a scientific professional and stuff, but like, you know, once like work's over, like I don't have to do any like reading in regards to like plants or deer or anything like that. Like it's all Bigfoot. Uh, oh man, I don't even know where to start this. So I, I don't want it like how I said earlier with, you know, like the UFO and the alien kind of encounters. I don't want to fully attribute my, so this is why I say experience in my little note, I wrote experience. I didn't say encounter and I don't really want to attribute like fully. I will not fully be like, Oh my God. Like I had a Bigfoot sighting experience. Well, not cause like it might've not have been. And like, you'll see as I go more in detail. So from a young age, like, you know, I think it's what age 10, you can start hunting legally in the United States. I think each state is different. In New Jersey, it's 10. And you know, that's like my thing. I grew up with a very heavy, you know, outdoorsman and hunting background, my father's side of the family, like all the men on that side do that. And, uh, you know, as, as soon as I was 10 years old, I was out there hunting with my dad and his cousins, his family. And it was awesome. And that's really what I attribute to what brought me to the environmental field, you know, wanting to be a wildlife biologist and like preserve nature. And that's how I found my career path. But like, you know, as I was saying, I grew up with this and it's what I love to do. Uh, a lot of times I know as soon as like my dad was able to leave me in my own tree stand, we started doing that. And I can't really remember what age this was. Uh, I was definitely young because I was scared you know, I almost wanted to say, but I'm not going to curse in the podcast. Uh, but I was so terrified of this. Uh, so I remember being in this tree stand. So I guess I, maybe I should maybe get more backdrop. So this town that this incident takes place is not my town. It's a little bit more west to so like Pennsylvania and the New York tri-state border, like I told you about before. And this town is called Wanage, and it's in the Weird New Jersey book a lot for the New Jersey like Bigfoot stuff and the old red eye stories that come about. There's a lot of historic Bigfoot accounts in that town, like rabbits having their heads pulled off, chicken coops being raided, a lot of stuff seen across the road. And so this, where my like experience, as I say, that's this is where it took place in these in the woods of that town. And my father's cousin, you know, his uncle, like to me, if you're an uncle or cousin to my dad, you're my uncle and my cousin, basically. And not to mention my father and I have the same name. My father is Ralph Green Jr. and I'm Ralph Green III. So, you know, even more confusing, sorry. <laughs> anyway, we go, we're hunting, it's me, him, and his cousin. And a lot of times, especially when I was able to sit in my own tree stand, uh, you know, my dad's cousin would drive dear to us. You know, sorry if I just did any illegal activity or admitted to crime, but he would drive dear to us. And of course, we, you know, it never in like an unsafe way. And I know that what I heard could not have been him because whenever my father's cousin would drive deer he'd usually go to my father first or at least i would see him cross me and he'd make his presence known and he would head towards the direction where my father was sitting so that's how i out like i rule out this because when i was sitting in this tree stand this area is like i believe i sent it to you guys maybe the area where it had happened or not i'm sorry but so if you can imagine just picture like in the woods there's three old agricultural fields and they, they are oh, sorry there's four of them actually and one of them was like, you know, this woman that gave us you know, access to her property had like a horse farm and she would take care of her horses. So that one field, like no hunting, absolutely not. 
and we kind of the, the the next parallel field in this rectangular shaped fields you know we couldn't go into like we just wouldn't hunt them either just out of respect so then it goes to like mm-hmm. the third field so it's in a, a line of these three rectangular fields so if they, you know we're going further back into the woods we're at this third rectangular field and a lot of like uh agriculture happened in the past in new jersey so there's a lot of stone you know those stone fences stone walls so i was put in this tree sand where this last third field meets this smaller triangular shaped field and that leads you know into the openness of all the woods in that area and i was kind of in between the triangular field and the third field sitting in this tree sand and the way that these fields were is that looking down them is kind of like a slight slope downhill and i was sitting in that tree sand kind of like looking down like i said uh and I just like, I heard something walking, you know, by purely. Like, you know, obviously like being probably like, I had to be even 12 years old. At the time it was like, you know, I knew the difference between like a squirrel hopping around. I knew the difference between a deer walking. I definitely knew what a deer walking sounded like. Cause every time I heard a deer, the heart would get racing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was definitely bipedal. Like I, it sounded like my dad's cousin, like walking. I'm sorry. I guess that, that's like what I'm trying to compare it to. And that probably just like makes me sound bad. But, like, that's what I could compare a person walking. And, like, in my head, I know that it's not him because he wasn't coming from that direction. It was behind me. And, you know, obviously, he would he, he knows to come across my face because, obviously, like, that's out of safety, so I don't shoot him. And uh, so my father is also – he gets his position. My dad wasn't out of the tree stand because his was – you know, if I was looking down, it was a little bit further into that triangle field. It was definitely more into the woods. So he would be in front of me if he ever came out, unless, like, he decided to play a joke on me and walk behind me, but he definitely didn't. So I just hear this walking behind me. It's just like so slow, like almost like a stalk. It was like a man's like stalking something. And it's just like, it's kind of like almost like an intimidating type walk. Like it was like stomp, 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 stomp. It almost sounded like it was right behind me in my tree. And I remember being so scared. I I, I think I was up in like an old white oak tree. It was huge and thick. And I couldn't like, even if I wanted to like look behind me, you know, I'd probably have to really reach around the tree to see what was back there. And I just remember being so scared to look. And I just, you know, I just would not move. I was, like, terrified. Like, that fear, you know, just hits. And I obviously, like, I was young. I think even if this happened to me now, I'd probably still have that, that fear hit me, maybe. But I just remember just being, like, almost paralyzed with fear. And I just did not want to look behind me either. And eventually, like, it walked away. I And that's really it like you know i know it's nothing too crazy or anything but like you know as i've gotten older i like reminisce on that story because at the time you know actually i don't think i really knew bigfoot at the time so that's why it never really like obviously if i tell somebody that now they're like oh you're full of it it's not bigfoot but like at the time like i didn't really know about bigfoot i don't think uh that was the time of so how i got into bigfoot was monster quest really Mm -hmm. if that or like the old sci-fi channel with those movies with Bigfoot as the horror movie that were kind of like a gag now but so at the time like yeah I didn't really know about Bigfoot so I think you know as I got older I just I you know I can't fully say that it was Bigfoot but I do I think so because like you know, I was in that area historic a lot of historic accounts and still has some relevant accounts there's a man who runs New Jersey Bigfoot or the shadow of old red eye he does a good job of curating reports and taking in reports for the area Mike is a really cool guy and um so that's what I'm saying. Like, I just think that I just had an experience and I just, I think I had an experience. I can't say that I have had an experience mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. I, I could have been somebody trespassing probably, but highly unlikely. Cause I remember at the time we, it was very tight knit in that area. There's not a lot of other people allowed back there. And 
I just, I really think it was. And I've had that feeling before as I've gotten older. Like I mentioned, you know, I love the outdoors. So when I got into like high school or college, I played a lot of sports. So I wasn't able to hunt a lot. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what made me choose my career path. But I also love to hike now. And when, especially like my early 20s, I hiked a lot of solo hikes. And I've had like two other instances where I just felt that feeling of dread and fear inside of me in the woods. And obviously, like being alone probably doesn't help. But like I said, I've done like probably over hundreds of hikes by myself and not had that feeling. But there's only been like two other times. And it's been in like closer to my house region, wise in New Jersey, where like I've just had this feeling like this does not feel right. If something feels wrong, it's very dreadful, fearful. And like I turned around and got out of there. So like hmm. those times, I won't say that though, because like what what proof I have that there was a Bigfoot near me. But that time when I was a kid and you know hearing something stomping, walking bipedally behind me, I'm like yeah, I, I'll say I'll probably say like yeah, I, I think it was a Bigfoot. But will I go out and be like, oh, I've had this experience? No, I I just think it is. I mm-hmm. think it's likely. Like I said, historic area, nobody being there. The the deer driver should be crossing my face, not coming from behind me like that. So. So that's my story. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminded me of Colt's encounter. Yeah. He had one of those walk up behind him and walk back, like looking for it. I think it knew he was there, but couldn't see him. So that's it, what I'm thinking. I think that you had the same thing happen. It's like, oh, I know, I know there's a person somewhere right in front of me, but I, I can't find him. So they just kind of leave back, you know, back into the, the other area. Yeah. Or he might have. Got close enough to find you, and then and there's a like, crap. There's a kid right there. Yeah. Uh, and then it also reminded me of uh, on Eric on, on uncomfortable his episode one and two. They had a bigfoot walk right behind their whole. That family set up a line of hunters, kind of like what you're describing. So each one was set up in a stage, and a guy was. They, they were each calling each other like, "Hey, there's some idiot walking behind us, scaring all the deer." Hey, there's some idiot <sighs> walking by, and then the last guy seen it is this hulking beast. And then it throws a tent. Once it's seen, it throws this temper tantrum as it's walking away. Uh, but until they're seen it, they thought it was a guy it, in this area that was technically public, but it was such a hard area to get to that they were pretty much the only family that hunted it. Mm-hmm. But, but Ralph, that's amazing. I, I really, yeah. I, I think you experienced a Bigfoot thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just, I just remember being so terrified, like in that <laughs> feeling of fear and dread and like, I, you know, obviously, like I told you, like at the time, I didn't really know all that. I, obviously, I was like, like probably like 12 years old. Like I didn't have like this knowledge of like Bigfoot's instilling fear, like the whole like mm-hmm. uh, infrasound effect and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like like I said, I won't go crazy about it and be like, oh, I definitely had a Bigfoot experience. Like I think I did, you know, that's all I have to it until one day that I actually see one, you know. Right. Well, hopefully we'll get you to see one. We're planning a Bigfoot <laughs> camping trip with a couple people in Michigan. That have pretty good uh, that would be awesome. activity stuff. And once it, Ralph's a Patreon member, and that's a Patreon perk, is you get invited to camping trips and cryptid hunts. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, everybody at home. Uh, but no, Ralph, that's I'll incredible. What'd you yeah. say? I said, you know, just a little self-promotion right there, you guys. Oh, I yeah. sneak that in. I highly recommend joining the Patreon. It's, all, it's just like more great content. Oh, thank you. That's all I have to say. I'm glad somebody likes it. I'm always <laughs> worried. We get more. We get more free with stuff on there, like uh, with how we talk and the topics we cover. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah a little more private. It's not really sheltered. What? It's not like sheltered. Oh. Is what oh. you could say. Yeah. But I I really think you have 
a Bigfoot encounter. I, I'm going to say that. I get why you don't want to 100% go on that. Uh, I've given up my science life a long time ago. Uh, but I've, I've shared the story of the calorician. I worked in the lab. Uh, we did, you know, we did eDNA and everything like that. And they all, nobody there believed Bigfoot. I was the Bigfoot guy. And they always kind of made fun of me for it. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. At least I don't sit in a lab for 15 hours a day looking at bug gills. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. I really think you had one and I think we'll get you another one. Jay's, Jay's waiting for his one encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at either oh, doing Michigan or Salt Fork. Salt Fork has a lot of activity. Yeah, it Ooh. does. Yeah. I, I was about to say, like, I think I mentioned to you that I'm definitely like on the BFRO blacklist for like New Jersey expeditions because like, I've always tried to go, but I never could. And they're also like a little expensive, not gonna lie. You know, like it's different if like you told me that like, oh, like all the, like the living expenses to go on this camping trip might be five hundred dollars. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's awesome because I get to have a good time with you guys, and I know you guys, and not like going with a random group and also being like a stranger and being like, you know, one time I tried going at like eighteen or like nineteen, twenty. So, like, you know, it's a little bit different. So, like, they mm-hmm. definitely have me, like, a blacklist for their expeditions in New Jersey. How, I how much were out. they charging? I think it's, like, 300 to $500. Oh, my gosh. Dang. Yeah. No, you just got to just buy your yeah, own food. That's what I'm saying. I have nothing against them. Like, I know, like, sometimes they get painted in a bad light, especially with the show and, like, some other things that, like, they've claimed to have done, like, on Sasquatch Chronicles, some of the episodes. But, like, yeah. So, like, I, I think they're a good organization. At least, like, somebody's putting together an archive of reports, yeah. even though they don't, like, accept all of them, you know. Yeah, we, we talk about that. We've talked about that a couple times on, on the show. Uh, the good and maybe a little bit of the negative that the BFRO does. Uh, it is it, it is good that people have a platform they can give their story to. Like, I gave my story to them, and it's never been published. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying that. We talked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was was I intoxicated? Yes. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he tried to save you. Yeah, and... you like it. Uh, okay. Well, good. <laughs> but yeah, my story was never published on there. But others for that in the area that same year were published. Okay. Uh, so that's just one of the, some of the weird things. You know, I don't, I, I don't know their inner workings. I don't know how it works. Yours it's, is probably a class D. Mine was definitely like, my encounter is a class F. <laughs> What it's class A, B, and C, right? Yeah. Okay. So yours would be a class B, right? Yeah. Ralph's, class Ralph's would be a class B. I my last encounter would have been an A. I physically seen it. Yeah. Seen a Bigfoot. I think yeah, it's like seeing it and then like having like secondhand account. And yeah. Class C is like oh my cousin saw said this. Yeah. Jim, Jim Bob down at the gas station saw a Bigfoot. Now here, you know, I'm here. I'm to here to it. report it for him. And there's actually. Um, not like a similar account to mine, but and I I went through the BFRO before this episode and I found a report, you know, in my county, very like right outside of my town, like close to like Wanakue, like we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually like the stone living room area where somebody in a tree stand had one come out, but in front of them, not behind them like me, but in front of them. And like the BFRO did a whole like report on it as well. So I think, you know, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And like, Merced County, like, has a few, but Sussex County, like I said, the county where I had my experience, you know, that's, like, a big hotspot for Bigfoot New Jersey. And so is Southern New Jersey. Southern New Jersey is very uh, not developed. Like, we talk about, like, the Pine Barrens and whatnot. I think people lose that image of Jersey, New Jersey. It it has a lot of forest. Yeah. It has a lot of heavy, dense forest. Uh, You know, when you think, I, I think a lot of people fall into the trap when you hear New Jersey, you think of 
more New York type stuff where it's, it's yeah. in New York. It's the wow. same stuff. It's not all a city. Mm-hmm. It has a couple no, big New cities York in it. Too. Yeah, the state of New York is very beautiful. It has a couple big cities in a small area, and then it's pretty much just wilderness. Yep. After that, ninety nine percent of the population is in a handful of cities. Mm-hmm. But Ralph, is there anything else you'd like to cover with us before we go? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to keep going with Bigfoot. I do have a pretty uh, good, I guess we can tie it back into my town almost. So there's an episode of Sasquatch Chronicles out there. I, I think it's in the 80s. If you, everybody wants, I know I'm talking about another podcast. No, it's okay. I love Sasquatch yeah. Chronicles. Mm-hmm. But this story is also in um, Into the Fright, like the yeah, Shannon, Shannon LeBron, LeBron. If you know her, she has her, her birthday podcast. was yesterday. Happy birthday. Oh, I'm birthday, Shannon. Uh, but she has. They put out a book beyond the fray, where it's yep. encounters of more of like Bigfoot and stuff. And in that book, this story is also in there too. Whoever wants to find it, but like, I think the best telling of it is on Sasquatch Chronicles. I think it's an Ape Canyon episode. But after the Ape Canyon experience, he brings on a guest who actually visited the park I currently work at now in New York State, which is by it's it's basically a border park because it's close to like New Jersey as well. And he had an experience as a kid with Bigfoot in the bushes. Like him and a friend were sneaking away from the Boy Scouts to go smoke, and a Bigfoot walked out of the bushes holding like a torn shirt and like half of a dog, and like that's why that story sticks out to me <laughs> because the same person also saw had another experience where he wanted to go actually see Bigfoot and look for Bigfoot, and it was somewhere in my town. I believe I've located the reservoir that he was talking about where it happened, <laughs> and they had them like charge down a ridge at him and like vocalizing and trying to scare him off. It like, and this happened in my town. I, so that's why I'm I think I know cool. exactly which episode of Sasquatch Chronicles yeah. you're talking about. Because it's crazy. Like, he talked about how he saw Bigfoot with a half ripped apart dog. And then he's like, Oh, somewhere in New Jersey. And my friend and I were circled under campfire. So yeah, that's a, a very memorable episode to me. It's just a crazy experience. And, like I, you know, a lot of people don't think about New Jersey and Bigfoot. Yeah. There's, a lot of bigfoot stuff there's a there's a lot of bigfoot in new jersey i don't know where it ranks on the list i'll have to look but bigfoots do not like dogs yeah it seems so uh it's one common thing we seem to come across with yeah i bigfoot think i can hear dogs. my dog barking well, i'll dog. never take my dog on the whole bigfoot thing never oh no uh i love you too much with my my bigfoot encounter i would literally think the dog lucy that i think we were within seconds of not having that dog if we wouldn't have walked out I really think he was really upset with her, and then we got involved, and he's like, "Oh, okay, nope, not do, not. I'm not ripping this dog in half right this second, right in front of them." Um, yeah, I really think Bigfoot understand that people are like ants, and that's why they don't mess with us most of the time. Is that yeah, you can kill one of us super easy, but that only invites a lot more people into your area. Uh, you know, we don't most of the time we don't let one person go missing and not go investigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's. That's crazy. I know exactly what episode of Sasquatch Chronicles you're talking about. And I have like a list. Like I keep a record of like some of my favorite episodes because like yeah, Sasquatch Chronicles is the Bigfoot. Podcast, they are. The, he is the. You guys are the the Cryptid podcast. Oh, Ooh, all right. Oh. <laughs> the Cryptid, Cryptid, Paranormal, and Conspiracy. How about that? There we go. I'll I think that's what you guys are to me because like I listen to you. Know, obviously, I listen to Wes and I listen to all his episodes. But I've been on top. Like you know, I've. Ever since I hopped on, like I guess, like the t- late teens, early twenties, with you guys, like always listen to the episode as soon as it dropped, and it's been phenomenal. And you guys do a great job, so thank you so much. Well, thank you. He flatters thank so much. You. Yeah, I, I, I've been blushed this whole episode. I know. That's, that's my forte. <laughs> Anything else you want to cover? No, that's that's all I got. Ralph, 
I want to thank you for coming on. This has been great. We'll have you on again soon. For sure. I think we'll have a, a complete Bigfoot-themed episode for you to come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'll probably talk to you here in a minute after we we let you go. Uh, but, yeah, we want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the the actual hangouts we have planned. Uh, yes. I know we'd want to hang out more, but it just... We do live a considerable distance away from each other. Yeah, it's only like it's only like a ten hour drive. Right. Just only. Just only. But uh I'll do it in seven. Ralph's gonna be a part of our Crypticon crew. (laughs) Uh he's gonna stand in line for us to make it look like we have a line. Uh (laughs) you know, to help with that kind of the the image. The illusion. With Sean and Rachel. With Sean and Rachel. Uh but yeah, Ralph, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, honestly, thank you guys. Because like I said, it has been awesome. Uh, the whole experience that you guys create absolutely phenomenal and the community you created too is just blow, it like blows anything else out of the water that i've experienced and just like you know not to you know break away from this but it's episode 54 okay that's gotcha. for sasquatch yeah. chronicles but uh like i said just keep this, the brown nose rolling thank you guys <laughs> absolutely phenomenal and great i can't express how appreciative and grateful i am over that. Well, thank you Ryan. thank you yeah thank you. You're I'll, definitely making us all blush. I know. <laughs> all right. I, I've been the great and powerful mystery. I've been the amazing Jay. I've been Emily. And I've been Wreck-It Ralph. And <laughs> you are now leaving Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been the Crypto Accord podcast today. Thank you, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.